to, to clean. You know, because it takes hope to clean. You know, I mean, you, you got to have a vision. You got to have a hope that, you know, it, it's going to make a difference. I, I still struggle with uh, making my bed knowing that I'm going to get in it in just 12 hours or thereabouts and mess it up again. Yeah, otherwise, the, the, the cleaning that we do requires hope. And the cleaning we do even causes hope. You, you know, there's a, a theory, um, the, the broken glass theory. And the broken glass um, theory was, was, uh, came out in the 80s. And it was uh, um, studied particularly in, in Harlem. And what they would do is count the, the number of broken windows in vacant buildings, and they would connect. They, they would connect the number of broken windows and see if it connected to the, the poverty in the area or the sense of hopelessness. And what they did was they, 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 they said, what we'll do when we find windows that are broken in vacant buildings, we're going to fix them as soon as we can. And their, their theory was that if they, they fixed them, if they cleaned the place up and they kept it clean, even if it was a vacant building, then the, the vandalism and the crime would decrease. And, and they, they found it true in Harlem. They, they found it true in San Antonio, um, in different neighborhoods in Harlem, different neighborhoods in San Antonio, and in other neighborhoods in major cities around the East Coast. That if, we, if we clean... That not only do we clean because there is hope, but we clean and that even brings hope. Now, our, our passage um, today is from Isaiah. Uh, we'll also look for a little bit at Mark 13 and real briefly at 1 Corinthians. But we're going to focus in Isaiah. And that's the, the passage that we'll see. That A, a, a traditional Advent passage, um, all three of these are, for this first season of Advent as we look at one of the Christmas to-dos that we're going to be doing in these next several weeks and how this cleaning prepares us to, to celebrate Christ, to celebrate His birth, and to celebrate the cleaning that God does in us and the cleaning that He will do in our world. Let's... Uh, our passage, Isaiah 64... 1 through 9. It's found on page 606 in your pew Bible. I invite you to turn there or follow along on the screen. Let's uh, pray together. Gracious God, we give you thanks for your written word. We, we give you thanks for this uh, season of preparing for, for you, getting our, our hearts and minds in place. And we, we ask now that your spirit would so work in us, uh, uh, work in us as a community and work as us individually. Uh, even now, what, what, whatever is clouding our mind, whatever is uh, um, distracting us, remove that, Lord, so that we might hear from you. That we might be infused with your spirit and so have that sure and certain hope that comes only from you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Isaiah 64. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. So that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil. 
to make your name known to your adversaries so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who works for those who wait for Him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you were angry and we sinned because you hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, key steps to cleaning. First, we've got to recognize that things are dirty. That's a particular challenge of mine. Yeah, I just sort of step over the toys and the boots and the clothes and the book bags and all the rest. I just, as I've told you many times, I'm aesthetically challenged. And it's just just a, a real struggle for me even to see that things are dirty. You know, and there's something about um, having to look at, at my living space from the eye, through the eyes of another. You know, when it's my dirty clothes um, hanging around and my dust and dirt and grime and all the rest, it doesn't really bother me. But when I stop and say, gosh, what would other people think? What other, how would other people feel? What would they see if they saw that? Or I just simply... Don't have to think too hard. Ask my wife. It it requires taking on another perspective at times to see that we need to be cleansed. To see clearly that we are messed up people. We are broken. Especially if we see it from God's perspective. And that's what Isaiah is telling us. When we look at God's perspective, we see that we are a broken people. Every one of us. Me and you and all of them. That's why Isaiah says in in verse 6 and 7, We have all become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous deeds are like filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf. And even our, and our iniquities are like the wind. Take us away. Even our righteous deeds, he said, are like filthy cloth before God. When it comes to being a human in the face of a holy God, we must recognize that we're broken, that we're dirty. That we need to be cleansed by Him. We must see that in our world. 
as well. That's, Isaiah says the same. You know, even the, the nations fall from you. Come visit us, Lord, so that the nations might even tremble at your presence. So one of the first things for cleansing, cleaning, is we, in God's way, we've got to put on God's vision. We've got to see that, that God's desire for us is to love like He loves, is to forgive like He forgives, is to give like He gives. And we fall short. Um, a number of you this year and in the last couple years have had cataract surgery. You know, and that's a, you know, removing the clouding part and putting in a new part of your eyes, your lens. You know, and, and you've said, man, you give me new lens, woo! All of a sudden, everything, the greens look green and the reds look red. But, but one of you told me, but also the drawback is I laid down in bed, looked up at the ceiling fan and thought, wow, how did you get an inch of dust on the ceiling fan <laughs> overnight? Now, when we see, when we put on that new vision, when we see the way of God, we recognize we need to be cleansed. The second thing about clean, cleaning is that we must agree that something can be done, that, that it's possible to clean it up. I mean, how many times have I walked by my uh, workshop uh, and my toolbox and just said, it's beyond help. <laughs> you know, just forget it. You know, why even organize? Yeah, I see some nodding heads and even pointing fingers. Yeah, it's beyond help. Who, you know, just the, you're paralyzed by you go through the kitchen and then you go through the living room and then you go in your bedroom and you just avoid the garage. You know, because it's just overwhelming. What, what our, our passage tells us, what Isaiah is telling us, is that God's people, they, they're seeing through God's vision. They see we're broken. And they're saying, God, come visit. You can do something about this. You can, you can bring your cleansing hand, but you've got to visit. I mean, this is, this is not just a, you come to our house this year because you went to their house last Thanksgiving. This is you got to visit with a purpose. And, and apologies to Zoc, Dr. Seuss. It's going to take more than thing one and thing two. It's going to take God visiting to bring this kind of cleansing. And that's why we light the candle of hope. It's just not an option in the power of God to be hopeless in any situation. And we got plenty of reasons. I mean, just consider our world. And consider the, you know, the front page and the violence that continues today. You know, there are more slaves today, more people enslaved today than any other time in the history of creation. Sex slaves and war slaves. You look at our world. Consider our nation. You know, we just, we just had a super committee, 12 of our, the best and brightest leaders that we elected, and they couldn't agree. Uh, and you consider continued economic ups and downs. I mean, plenty of reasons around the world, in our nation, in our communities, and in our own lives to be hopeless. 
I mean, it amazes me at every time that we have time of confession that I say the same things. God, would you forgive me of this pride, of this arrogance? It's amazing when I go back and look at prayer journals that, that I've kept through the seasons and I have the same prayers of confession. Maybe you have the same or you're, you've, uh, you're, you're beyond me. But it would seem, if we were to focus there, if we would focus our attention there, we would be hopeless. It would be time to give up, right? It, it, that's a whole lot worse than, than being p- paralyzed by the, the garage that's been 10 years in the making of the junk that's there. But our passage is clear. There is hope no matter what. No matter what the struggle you face. No matter what the pain inside of you or outside of you. And it is interesting to me. And I still can't quite grasp why it is during the holiday season, depression increases. Suicide attempts increase. Highest in the year are these next five, six weeks. I figure, man, how have we lost touch with the fact that this is the season of hope? This is the season where where Isaiah tells us, God, come down and visit. And we know we're preparing to celebrate because we know He does visit and He does cleanse us. He cleanses us and He cleanses our world. In His life, in His death, in His resurrection, and in His return. God does visit and he does want to cleanse us and we know that he will. Our our New Testament passages from uh, Mark chapter 13. It's on page 826 if you want to turn there or you can just listen. But hear the hope that Jesus gives to his disciples as he's about to go to the cross, but he's telling them of his coming again. He's saying, I'm going to come back. I'm going to make this right. In his first coming, he accomplished the cleansing of our souls, of of each of us. And in his second coming, he's going to cleanse all of creation. But in those days, after the suffering... The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then He will send out the angels and gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that He is near at the very gates. Now listen to this, verse 30 of Mark 13. Truly I tell you, Jesus talked to His disciples, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Now what does that tell you? Jesus is telling those there, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. All the things that are necessary for Jesus to return have happened. He will one day return and cleanse it all. Make it all right. Not just you and me, but whole of creation. And and granted, you might be saying, Ooh, that's sort of pie in the sky, isn't it, Pastor? Well, yeah. 
But it's Jesus' pie. It's not about me and you. It's not about the humans making. It's about what God is doing. And He knows that this is hard for us to grasp, to have this kind of hope. This is what He says, verse 31. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This is more sure than the ground we're walking on. The words of Jesus that a day will come, just as He came the first time, through His death to secure our rescue, to cleanse us from our sin, He will come again to cleanse the whole of creation and make it right. That is our sure and certain hope. It's not just about our personal salvation. It includes that, but it is about the salvation of all of creation. That's what we celebrate. That's what we prepare to celebrate as we come upon Christmas Day. Now, what, what I invite you to do this season, as you're cleaning, you know, as you're cleaning, as you, you walk by the garage, or as you read the newspaper, or as you just get in touch with that hopeless feeling that's within you, as you get in touch with what's dirty and what's messed up in you or in the world, bring it before God. Do like our predecessors. Do like the Israelites did. God, you've got to come visit. You've got to be at work in me or in them or in this or whatever it might be. Lay it before Almighty God. Refuse to lose hope. in the power of the faith of His first coming, in that sure and certain hope of His resurrection, know that He is coming again. And it is not an option for us to be hopeless. We have a sure and certain hope that a day will come when He will return and make it right. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we just sang, God is faithful. By Him you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. He is faithful to strengthen us, to fulfill that hope, even unto the last day. So as you're, as you're cleaning, as you're straightening up the workshop, whatever you're putting into order, may that be a reminder to you. May that, may that be a devotional exercise of making a Christmas to do, celebrating and knowing and looking forward, celebrating the, the cleansing that He continues to do in us and looking forward to that day when He will make it all right. Amen. Now, as He has given to us, as He has given to us generously, sacrificially, as He has given to us cheerfully, let us, in that same way, give unto Him, generously, sacrificially, and cheerfully.